Coming to you live from my apartment, it's Rob Has a Podcast. And now, here's a guy who literally changed the game of Survivor podcasting. Rob Sisterino, hello everybody, and welcome back to Rob Has a Podcast. As we officially kick off our Game Changers coverage, and I'm very excited to have here with me in the studio a man who I had the pleasure of Facebook living with today on the CBS Survivor Facebook page. Please welcome a man who was all the way out to Fiji and then came back here with us uh, six months ago. Uh, and I was here in the studio. Josh Wiggler. Josh, how are you? I'm doing really well. I didn't know that you um, named your pants the game <laughs> because earlier Rob changed his pants and switched into shorts. Yeah, it was game over. Game early. over. <laughs> How are you, Rob? Oh, very good, Josh. Very good. Very excited to finally get into all of this stuff. The preseason. Our stuff. stuff. Yeah. Our stuff. Yeah. Oh, man. I love the preseasons. Survivor preseason is a great time. Great time of year. Survivor offseason, not so much. Survivor preseason, big fan. It's a great time, and uh, we've done this many times now. I think yes. that the first time you and I did this uh, was San Juan del Sur. Sounds right. So what's that? 29, 30, 31. This is the sixth time that you and I are previewing wow. Good uh, math, a season. Rob. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's some cold pepper math you I got there. I believe this is also the... 15th season of survivor we're talking about on rhap that's crazy that's awesome that's really 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 neat cool awesome yeah. that's great Congratulations. i just want to get that's to the cool. point where that. more than half of the seasons have been podcast about and then i'll retire wow for good forever yeah, that's, that's it that's it i said we did done? it we You'll did hang it. it up we did it wow yeah i hope so, that never happens <laughs> so we have so many different uh things to talk about in terms of our coverage here today so we are officially Kicking off our Survivor 34 Game Changers coverage. We're wow. going to talk through this Game Changers cast at long last. Tell you a little bit more about what Josh and I have in store for all of the preseason. So much fun, Josh. Can you believe it? It's the most wonderful time of the year. I can believe it because I have spent many, many months uh, waiting for this. Uh, like you said, I was out in Fiji for this season for the first few days of the season. I got to interview everybody before the game started. That was June of 2016. So it's been many months. It's been a long time. Yeah, it's that been I've like been, eight months, It's right? been a while. I've been dying to talk about what I got to see out there. Uh, and, you know, nobody knew the cast of this season too so it was uh you know really hard to, to like sit on all of this information okay so we'll get into all that here today and uh just to give you guys a heads up on some of the content that's coming up so josh and i are going to talk through all of this stuff right now then after josh and i talk i'm gonna call my mom again we did this for <laughs> survivor second chances I recall, yeah and i want to get her take on the game changers cast any and predictions uh, yeah, I have some. Okay. I have some, but I think it'll be funnier uh, okay. to get them from her. Okay. We're going to see how many people she can recognize out of the 20. What's the? Do you have a number? Mm, I think the over-under, I'd say, is... Like 13 13 i was gonna go with like a nine but you know your mom better than i do yeah of i think so so uh, you know she's uh you know uh, i think the probably the kind word to say is uh casual okay that's fine okay. casuals are fine so we'll see what she has to say about sure. this game changers cast that's going to be all here today uh the next podcast you're going to hear from me is a survivor 34 cast draft wow a cast draft how yes. does this work well okay so 
I had always wanted to do one of these. And the problem is always with these cast drafts that people say, oh, spoilers. Oh, somebody in the draft knew something. Somebody had a hot tip on something. You got the boot list. Yeah. So what happened was in the second week of June, at the point when you were off in Fiji, you know, gallivanting around. Interesting. I had a survivor draft with Shireen. Akiva Winokur and Sarah Freeman. Wow, what a power cra- power! Yeah, so wow. that draft has been recorded. Crazy. It is uh, sat on a Dropbox for quite some time. I really thought I lost it about like three weeks ago. <laughs> I've ended up finding it on one of my backup hard drives. Oh, I can relate. Yeah, so I will have that for you. We will go through that. Uh, kind of a little bit of a crazy scoring system. We'll get into that uh, where we're drafting for the winner and also who will have the most confessionals in the season. Uh, so uh, we'll explain it more. So in that all show. of that even took place before the game even started. So that's cool. So it's, it's going to be completely spoiler free. Yes. So that is from June of 2016. Nice. And then we will get into our Survivor Game Changer Expert series yes all the previews that i have recorded interviews with a person who is a super fan expert on each of the 20 game changers each of the 20 game changers has a super fan yes somebody who went back and studied their game watched their seasons i went back and talked with them about their entire games move by move in some cases how they changed in between seasons for people that played multiple times i will be dropping those in each show is going to have uh two people so uh we have the first one is going to be coming up sometime on friday we'll get that out uh to you guys and actually we're gonna kick that off with our zeke and Haley ford what a power combo yes that's a great combo yes. what a power couple yes. and so that's going to be the first one and then i think that my schedule is going to be something close to uh monday wednesday fridays but i mean these are going to be like an hour and a half uh two hour shows uh, each time out with That's two people. A lot of podcasts. A lot of podcasts to. in the can. Yeah. Yeah. And the only caveat I will also add is that for Sandra and for Tony, uh, those are going to be two parts, but the Sandra one is only Sandra. Two Tony segments, two Sandra segments. Just because they're too epic to yes, talk about. There was too much else. there. It was yeah. too much there. I was split it up. I understand. Okay. So all that's coming up. Rob is a website.com slash iTunes is the subscription link. Okay. Get in now. We're going to be firing on all giant cylinders. I love Josh. it. I love it. I can't wait to listen. That's going to be great. <laughs> yes. Okay. So let's talk about what you have in your bag of tricks. Sure. Josh. In my bag of tricks. All right. So yeah. So I was out there in Fiji for the first uh, three days of the game and before that even began i got to sit down with everybody and talk through survivor with them it was tons of fun my second time out on location really really great um so the way that i'm rolling all of that out that's all going to be on parade.com you can go to parade.com slash survivor parade.com slash survivor game changers also takes you to the landing page for all my survivor game changers content um and that's going to we've already launched it as we are recording this perhaps as you're listening to this there's been a little bit more added um but i launched with uh, a more than 6,000 word uh, feature opus opus on Survivor Game Changers. Uh, it features quotes from Jeff, from Jeff Probst. It features quotes from all of the players. Um, when I when I was out there for Second Chance and I converted that experience into articles, it was very, you know, it was like very heavy with the pros and uh, and feature feature style and really um, deeply, deeply, deeply written. And I just don't have that in me probably ever mm-hmm. again to do that style. Um, but something really kind of cool manifested. Uh, and you already brought her up, but I 
got to tip my cap to Shireen. Shireen gave me a really uh, great suggestion before I went out there. Uh, and she said one of the things that she really liked about the Second Chance articles was that there was a lot of crosstalk, a lot of people weighing in on other people. Um, so my my game plan when I went out there, when I interviewed each person, I had about a half hour, 45 minutes with each person. Uh, I split about half of that time talking about nothing but these people. What do you got? What's your plan? What did you do wrong last time? How are you going to fix it this time? So a lot of that, and then the rest of the interview was spent talking about everybody else. Lots of shit talking, lots of you know people like hyping up who they wanted to play with and everything like that. Um, so those, if I ever played again, yes. I feel like this is one of the things uh, that would de- I would deter me Ugh. because people would talk so much crap about me. Like, oh, oh yeah, he, feel- he thinks he's so great, hundred <laughs> percent. He thinks he knows everything. Yeah, he thinks he knows everything. Yeah, yeah. Well, I would love for you to play again so that I could interview you out there and have already heard all the people shit talking you, and then like I or I, like right. it just measure that against it would be oh it'd be so much fun. Yes. Uh, so half of the interview was spent getting everybody's take on everybody else. Uh, so the way that the articles are rolling out is it's you know it's a similar format it's the first half is going to focus on that particular player and the rest of the article is going to be everybody else weighing in on that player so you get to see what that player looks like in the mirror to themselves and you get everybody I feel like i'm looking take. into a mirror yeah, yeah. So speaking of tony voice that's where we launched that was the first player profile that i that i launched today um he had a lot of interesting things to say right. can't wait it was really really fun uh, he's talked about it a lot in his other press so far that's been released but his ideas with clones and uh, spy bunkers and all sorts of weird nonsense. So it was I'm a, going to call it Attack of the Clones. Attack of the Clones. Tony Vlacos round two. Uh, yeah, so it, it was great. It was really fun. And so the way that these are kind of structured out is some sort of cross bet- between uh, a Q&A and an oral history. If you guys like oral histories, I think you're really going to enjoy this. I've had a blast writing it. Yeah. Uh, I'm you know still in the thick of it, uh, but much of it is already done, and I think people are going to really like it. If you're, if you're into like big, deep, long survivor reads, uh, I think that you're and enjoy this yeah i told you this last night that i think that you, the work you do on this stuff is really uh incredible I appreciate that, it. that you put so many hours into all of this stuff yeah. that uh it goes out well, it's I, not like you're just <laughs> like all right here it is like spewing right. it out yeah. uh you re like i know how like it's like painstaking uh you yeah, go the, through all it the takes, stuff it takes it takes months to write uh I, i've been doing nothing but this for the past like month and a half and we're actually very lucky in the survivor world that also you know like uh Dalton Ross and Gordon Holmes, they also, you know, spend a lot of time working totally. on their stuff. So uh, we get some really great investigative journalism in the survivor world. Yeah, I think I think what Gordon is doing is incredible. Dalton's always great. The ET Canada people are going to have some fun content as well. The people who go out for the preseason, at least right now, the people that I've been out there with are all awesome um, and they all love Survivor. So, you know, whoever, you know, wherever you like to get your Survivor news, uh, it's it's hard to go wrong. I think that there's a lot of people who, who are really delivering some great stuff this year. And then the other thing that we did today that <laughs> you and i together were down at uh cbs interactive that we were part of a panel on the uh, survivor facebook page right. on they did a facebook live that we did basically like sort of like a half hour panel show talking about this new season yeah it was, it was really fun it was you and me it was uh, a guy named bryce sander from uh, bryce sander <laughs> bryce sander i don't know if he's a purple pants badass but bryce sander from et uh as well as hannah shapiro from millennials versus Gen X, or should i say hannah wiggler apparently uh <laughs> yeah. there's a little bit of a faux pas with the introduction snafu. and apparently uh, slight snafu yeah i'm sorry zeke but uh hannah has been spoken for uh, otherwise yeah but that was really fun we got to go through everything and uh we were all 
all sort of like uh, it was like one of those like panel shows where you see like people like it looked like we were all like via satellite even though we were all like uh, not, three feet away from each other it's not what we were expecting I think that <laughs> I think you and I were both expecting like a round table like yeah. we were, like some sort of like we're gonna sit around a table like what you did for second chance with Sandra and Cochran and Jeff Probst right uh, you know that that was sort of what I had in mind and instead we walked in and there were uh, these four like kind of booths I yeah. don't know if you'd it quite was call almost like that people were gonna come in and sing behind us yes. and then we were going to have to vote whether our chair turned around <laughs> and <laughs> decide yeah. uh, I, I said it a couple of times that I said I feel like I'm about to do like an HOH competition uh, I know you don't know what that no, means no no I know yeah. what, I know what it means I don't watch Big Brother but it felt like we were about to like yeah. do some sort of reality competition but there were like dividers so we couldn't look at each other but they were like kind of translucent but not <laughs> translucent enough that you could see the details of anyone through so it was it was really I don't know it's kind of sci-fi almost <laughs> yeah so it was pretty wild yeah. uh, but it was very fun we got to go through everything uh they uh, they seemed like they everybody seemed like uh, they thought we did a hey, good job we had fun we had fun that's all that matters we had fun look uh we tried to uh carry on like uh idiots for half an hour on the survivor tr- facebook page <laughs> it's not so much trying as succeeding <laughs> succeeding I think that, yeah i think we made it uh, succeeding speaking of the casuals we should do a game of like the craziest things people said about us on the survivor facebook page that's a great idea is there any fast way to look that up I think it would probably take a long time because it would be hard to find the craziest stuff of like, uh-huh. you know, these people are terrible. I did see somebody like early on in the comments because the comments like scroll as you're watching it and like they introduced us and they said they need to get new people. Wow. <laughs> like new, new panelists. Yes. Mm. Like we hadn't even uh, mentioned the game uh-huh. changers. <laughs> like they introduced us. They, said, they need new people. Yeah, that's probably a point. What's to with that? these old people? Yeah, get rid Forget of them. Them. Yeah, A lot of compliments for your beard. You brought the beard out. Yeah. Yeah. The beard's looking good. Oh, thank you. It thank is you for- looking great. Thank you very much. Yeah. yeah, I don't know when it's gonna end. It sort of like was a lark over the Christmas holiday. I hope it never ends. And now here we are. Josh, that, that you, this is uh maybe uh kind of a crazy thing. Do you know today is the 39th day of 2017? I thought you were gonna say the 39th day of your beard. <laughs> no, it's, it's actually probably a little longer than that. Well, it started over Christmas. Uh wow, thir- day 39 of 2017. And Look, we're ready to start a new survivor calendar year. And we didn't even have breakfast together. We did have lunch we together. We did have lunch. We did have lunch. So that was exciting. Okay, we had a 39 day lunch and so why don't we start to attack this that we have 20 returning players josh uh what order do you want to talk through all of the different people that are going to be back for this season sure i mean we could we could organ we could talk it through in the way that i have it organized for for my stuff if you'd like i mean sure so so the way that i did second chance was there was kind of just like a magical order to how people walked into into the room when i was interviewing everyone starting back with then. jeremy it started with keith nail oh, so, yeah. and that was remarkable and then it was jeremy and then a few other people it was just it was a really great flow and so i just kept it as is that time not naming names. I didn't think that like the first few interviews that I did out in Fiji were necessarily electric. So I thought I'd shake it up a little bit this time. Shake it up. Shake it up a little bit. Have to launch with Tony because he was just in such rare form. Uh, but we could talk it through. I, I tried to group it together by like uh, categories. You know, I think that there's a few different ways that you can kind of categor- categorize the uh, the players of Game Changers, the Game Changers. Uh, and, and we start with the winners, I think, is, uh, is, is a way to begin. Um, that's at least how I'm going to begin my articles. There's a cluster of three. A trust cluster of three winners out there in Tony, okay. Tony Vlaco, Sandra, and JT. So I think that's a good place to start. Okay, so can we start talking about Tony? Let's start talking about Tony, who is like the only guy <laughs> that we talked about during the this. Facebook thing. Ooh. Ooh. Yes. Yes. 
The Tony hype is is real. It's very real. It's happening. It's happening. It's real. <laughs> yeah. Dawn. Uh, no, it's how how incredible is it to know that Tony Vlacos is playing Survivor again? It's really exciting because Tony that he sort of like disappeared off the face of the Survivor map. I don't know if we ever thought Tony would play again. Maybe all winners. You wonder. Oh, you got to believe that that guy was going to play again. He like, was all about it. But then he did seem to sort of pull away from Survivor. And we really have heard very little of him. A strategic in the last, withdrawal, I would say. Rob. Yeah. I mean, it's been a, probably about like a good two years since. I mean, the last time we had a real honest to goodness Tony sighting was during Mr. Survivor right. back in January 2015. Yeah. And that was really it. And now Everybody, I think, is so excited. Even when we were down at CBS talking to people like, you know, people are like, oh, I'm really excited. Tony is back. Yeah. Everybody is talking about Tony. Yeah. Everyone's all team TV or at least everyone's aware of team TV. If Tony, not. Tony, Tony. Yeah. It's all about Tony. The Tonys, uh, even though it's Oscar season. Uh, no, I thought no, Oscar is back too, Josh. <laughs> He's the fourth time player. He's a fourth time player. Yeah. 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 Uh, I'm so psyched that Tony is back. Uh, Tony is I mean, this is what's great about Tony being back is we've you know, I who who coined this? Who called him a unicorn first? I don't know who who's the person who originated with calling Tony a unicorn as far as Survivor goes, but whoever that was was really spot on that there was like no reason that the way that Tony was playing that season should have worked. Mm-hmm. And yet it did. And now we get the chance to see if it could work again. It's probably a TEOS thing. It, it might be a TEOS thing. I don't know. It's I, I, I know that I wasn't the one who labeled that, but somebody else came up with it, and I think it's brilliant. Um, but we get to see the unicorn right again. Now, interestingly, you posted your parade interview with Tony, and he talked through his strategy with you. Yes. And I had thought coming into the season, I thought that, you know, Tony is somebody who is going to have a hard time because the legend and the shadow of Tony is huge. Yeah. But I thought that maybe the move for Tony might be to come back and put people at ease. That's not what Tony is thinking. That's not what Tony said to me. Yeah. Tony, uh, Tony said that when he played Kagiyan, that was a six out of 10. Uh, and that he is fixing to bring an 8 out of 10 in terms of his speed and crazy gameplay to Game Changers. The 10 out of 10 he is reserving for round 3 if he wins this season. That's the only thing he said. He said, if if I don't win, then I will never play again. Uh, so this this could be it. Either he wins and he becomes the greatest Survivor player of all time uncontested, or he goes out at some point and he never plays again, according to Tony. Um, but yeah, you would think that maybe he would pump the brakes. That's not what he is angling to do as he's coming into the angling game. To no, do? he's not angling to do that either. Tony Amazing <laughs> would be a great character, though. It would be a great character. I mean, I think that that's going to be a big theme through this preseason, just in hearing what people are saying about him in your article. Is he like walking around Ponderosa with a stick? Yeah, did he, you see the stick? I did not see the stick, but people kept talking about the stick. It's not a stick, Rob. It's an immunity idol. That's what I asked somebody. I was like, do you think it's an idol? Uh, but yeah, apparently there were reports flying from a bunch of different people talking about uh, Tony at Ponderosa walking around with a gigantic stick. Whoa. Uh, yeah, I don't know what else to say other than to kind of just leave that right there. Uh, but no, Tony's being Tony. Tony was being Tony right at the start. Uh, he was big, loud and boisterous. He was, it was so much fun to talk to him. Everybody said the same exact thing. And I think it's going to be really fun to see him play. Okay. Sandra is back for the third time. And, uh, this is really going to be the test, right? She did it once. Everybody sort of scoffed at the first time. She wasn't really considered to be a major threat in Heroes versus Villains. Now she's won again. Now you can't ignore the two wins that she has. So 
How was Sandra coming into this season? I was I was really impressed with Sandra during our conversation. She was busting out like survivor trivia facts that uh you know like were really kind of deep cut. She talked about why she's so afraid of the four people from Korong, uh, and the reason why she was so afraid of them is because historically on these returning player seasons, you had like five people from Australia that came back for All Stars, and then Amber wins. You have three people that come back from Cook Islands, one from Micronesia, and Parvati wins. She busted out some other stat. Uh, Three people from South Pacific are back for Karamoan, and two of them make it to the end, and one of them wins. Wow. Uh, four people from Kagiyan are back for Second Chance, and two of them are in the final three. And she wanted to use that logic to go to everybody and say, there are four people from Korong here, so statistically speaking, two of those people will be in the final three, and that only leaves one spot for everybody else. Let's go after Korong. So she just, she just like had stuff like that that she pulled out of thin air really quickly. And I was... I think that Sandra does have this reputation among the haters of the, you know, the, the Sandra Diaz twine, the people who don't really care for her gameplay, that she sort of just lucks her way into situations and doesn't right. know Survivor super well. That was not my experience talking to Sandra. She knows Survivor really well. Yeah, I don't know what I would do if I was in a situation where I'm on the beach and Sandra comes and like starts firing like stats at me. I'd be like, uh, yeah. I don't know, I guess. Yeah. Okay, sure, sure. But I do feel like that, you know, Sandra's game that we've talked about so much, uh, anybody but me, seems like that that's a departure. Yeah, well, she still says that basically anybody but me is, you know, kind of her default strategy. That's sort of just how she views the but game. But if she had her druthers. If she had her druthers, she has people that she would like to see go. Uh, she also has people that she would like to work with, too. Like, she says that she can work with anybody. I believe that based on what we've seen of Sandra in the past. But she certainly has people she wants to work with and she has people she wants to work against. How much were Sandra's two wins on the minds of the other players that you were talking to? Was that something that they were really concerned about or was it like, eh, you know what? I mean, what she's overrated, Sandra mixed bag. Um, I think that there were definitely people mixed who, bag of tricks. <laughs> there were definitely people who were talking about Sandra in terms of like, Oh, just a fluke. It's not, you know, something that's really going to work again. I don't think that she could make it like if she got to the end and she just did it by kind of coasting there, or she's not just going to win automatically. But then there were the people who were basically saying, you know, if anyone's foolish enough to let Sandra get to the end, I'm probably going to vote for her if I'm on that jury. Uh, I remember Aubrey telling me that. I remember Malcolm basically being like, I'm looking around and thinking, like, if I'm not going to win this thing, who's going to win? I think it's probably going to be Sandra. And I would kind of love that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there, there are people who are definitely fans of Sandra. Fandra's out there for sure. Yeah. Uh, but there are people who are who are nervous about Sandra for those reasons as well. I don't think there's any possibility that she could lose a final three. Uh, there's no permutation that she could go up against that she would lose, you think? Um, I don't know. I don't know. I would love to find out. I would I mean, she's love really to find good. out. She's a closer. She is a closer. I would love to a find Brett <laughs> Brett closer. It, it totally depends on who she's up against and what the arguments there are. Uh, but man, man, oh man, would I love to see that happen. The question is going to be, is she an opener? I think that, you know, you let her get close enough to that money. I think she brings it home. I think that uh, can she get out of the first part of the game is always the question. That has always been the question. And luck has broken her way in those instances in the past where, you know, she's either on a dominant tribe that's not going to tribal council a lot or when they are going to tribal council she's not like the first person who's being thought of as an expendable person to go home Mm -hmm. um if you know that's that's been very very lucky and things have broken her way in that way in the early game but i do think that the early game is always the question for sandra in a hypothetical scenario of like she's not especially fantastic at challenges she's somebody that you're you know thinking about as a liability in that regard and now with the threat level of two wins under her belt 
that could get really interesting really quickly. The third winner that's back, the third part of this Triforce is uh, going to be JT, JT yes. Thomas, uh, Steven's BFF. You feeling any jealousy at all that like JT is back and he's relevant in Survivor again when you and Fishback are supposed to be a pair? <laughs> so I'm jealous of JT yeah, that he's getting like, all Steven's Steven's just gonna be, Yeah, he's going to be waxing poetic about uh, JT all season again. What if JT does bad again? Oh, well then that would, I mean, then you're going to get Steven gloating, I would assume. Or maybe there's an opportunity for you to gloat. I don't know. We'll have to see how it plays out. So JT returning, I think, is pretty interesting. I never thought we'd see JT again. I asked him that very thing. I was like, uh, are you, you know, was this always on your mind that you were going to be coming back out here for round three? And he said something to the effect of like, I don't know if Survivor was even going to be on, like still for me to be able to come back for round three. Uh, And I think he got the call and I think it sort of galvanized him to be like, he doesn't watch Steven do the know-it-alls every week. I don't think he's watching. seem like a good friend. I don't think it's, uh, I don't think he's an RHAP guy. Oh man. Just a, just a hunch. Just yeah. a just a hunch. But it was it was it was kind of cool to talk to JT and I, I think that, you know, he, he was a guy who who when I was speaking to him, um definitely had a little bit of regret about heroes versus villains and how that turned down. Clearly token teams was a clean sweep for him. A perfect game never gets voted against gets all of the votes at final tribal council. Every vote he casts along the way hits the right target. A really masterful game from JT in that season. Heroes versus villains doesn't quite work out the same way. There's shadiness in the pre-emerge. There's the Russell letter. There's the handing over of the idol. And then he goes home very, very quickly after that. You would think that that would be the regret, the, the letter, the handing over the idol. He does not regret that, according, really? according to the conversation. What's I had the regret? The regret is the immunity challenge leading into his final tribal council of that season was hang on to a pole for dear life. And JT's big regret is letting go of the pole, not giving it his all, not putting enough into that challenge, not hanging on. This to sounds that like pole. the Jeff Varner second chances. It's it's similar to that. That was Jeff Varner's story. Is that he that's was not why JT lost. That's what JT thinks. And I was like, really? That's the thing. It's like for me, that's the regret. Uh, so he he came into this. He's coming into Game Changers feeling like he didn't give it enough in the challenges. Uh, wants to fix that. Oh, well, that's not what I would advise him. That's not what you would advise him. What would you advise no, him? No, I don't know what Fishback is telling him, but that's <laughs> not what I, my takeaway was from Heroes versus Villains. But I think that, you know, JT was, you know, th- in talking to him, like you can see a little bit of the charm. You can see, you know, kind of like the unassuming guy who who's looking around and seeing people and, you know, being being smart, being goofy, being fun. Uh, and people seemed to really like JT in talking to everybody else. And a lot of people seemed kind of disarmed. Like a lot of people seemed to think that, I don't know. JT just sort of seems like a goofy guy. He's acting like a little bit of a Looney Tune here at Ponderosa. He's got a great picture. (laughs) Instant meme. Classic JT picture. Uh, But people seem to really like him. And for JT, from his perspective, he was thinking, uh, you know, certainly he felt like of all the winners there, of the three winners there, that he is probably the most underrated of the three or the most under the radar of the three. I agree. He he went so far as to say that he thinks he's the most underrated player on this cast. Okay, Uh, that's possible. That is possible. So did the other players you talked to, did they have a sense of JT? Because he's played a while back. It's been not since season 20 that he's played. If people didn't watch uh, Token Sheens, I, I could definitely see there being people in the mix who've never seen his original season. Yeah. Did you get a lot of that, of people just like know the name but not the guy? There was a bunch of people who just knew the name and not the guy. Um, but there were also people who knew the name and knew the guy. And there were people who had studied the tape or were already just Survivor fans enough that they, that they knew JT's game. And there were questions from these people of, 
which JT are we going to see? Are we going to see the token chains JT, who's like a really affable guy and is going to be really super charming and is going to get by on that and is also going to be pretty smart and making moves? Or are we going to get kind of like smarmy heroes versus villains JT? Mm-hmm. And some people wanted to see that. Some people were, were hoping that that was the kind of JT yeah. that they were going to get. And I think that a lot of people were rightfully afraid of the possibility of a token chains JT coming back. But then there were also the people who were just like, seems like a nice guy. Just seems like a really fun guy to be around. And I'm not really that worried about him. I think JT is one of the people that's set up really well here. I think so, too. Um, I was, I was, you know, before before it was ready, set, go, and everything like that, I wanted to lock in my winner pick, and JT was in the conversation for that. I thought, leaving those interviews, that of the three winners, JT would have been the one that I felt the best about to win. Again. Okay. Yeah. Um, do you want to move on from the winners? Yeah, let's go. All right, so I feel like a, a good spot to go next would be the two four-timers. They're kind of legends now. Uh, not that they weren't before. I think they were already legendary, but we've got Sari and Ozzy who are coming back for their fourth times. They are now uh, you know, two of the four that have played four times alongside Boston Rob and Rupert with an asterisk. Uh, first off, are, are you psyched that these are you know people that are joining the four-time yes. club? You think that this is a good thing? Absolutely, yeah. I have uh, a lot of reverence, I think, for both of those people. And I know that Ozzy gets a bad reputation. People like to beat up on Ozzy, especially on the Internet. But, you know, obviously everybody loves Suri. I think that she's the greatest player to never win the game. And I'm really excited to see her get another chance. I never thought we were going to see Suri back here on the show. Um, what was Sari's spirits like going into this? Sari was Sari was so much fun to talk to. Uh, Always, I don't I don't know how the article will translate too much, and unfortunately, she didn't do a lot of talking about other players. So when we get to Sari, that's going to be the majority of Sari that we're going to get in my stuff. Was she keeping her cards close to the I vest? Think so I think that she was. She didn't trust you. I think I think probably to an extent. Yeah. Uh, and and I and I think that that's great. Like she definitely was, you know, kind of just cool. You know, she was just sort of like I'm I'm stoked to be here. I got to close the loop. I'm back. I didn't think that I would be back for the fourth time. This is wild. Um, she seemed, you know, really calm and confident in her abilities to to do everything. Um, one one thing about Sari that was incredible, and I wrote about this in my in my opening article, is so where I was situated was we were the all the interviews took place on this remote island in in the uh, Mamanuka Islands where they shot the season, uh, and uh, we we all got spaces like carved out into the woods for us to basically like jungle cubicles, uh, and in my jungle cubicle there were a lot of worms that were attacking for some reason i don't know why but they were all these like little tiny tiny friendly looking little green worms that were really really cute and i had to pluck them off of people's faces and shirts and people had to do that likewise for me and of course when sari shows up for her interview these this is the moment when all the worms like like smell fear in the air and they decide that they're all going to descend on sari all at once and classic Day one, Sari of Panama emerged immediately where she just had an instant freak out as soon as the worms showed up. And it was great to watch that, you know, just no matter how far Sari has come since she started playing Survivor, yeah. that classic baseline afraid of leaves Sari very much still exists. Understandable. Yes. Understandable. <laughs> it does not great. want to be covered in worms. It was such a good moment. It was great. Did Sari talk with you about any adjustments that she wanted to make from the last time she played? Yeah. Um, the biggest adjustment, uh, well, there were two that I thought were notable. One was that she wanted to to be a little bit more um, focused on herself, uh, focused a little more inward and not so worried about the people that are coming after her and not so worried about the people that she can't trust and more worried about like 
what's going on with me day to day. Not thinking about like day 39 on day one and who I want to be there with. I think it's but, a good note. But thinking about day four. Um, so that was one. And the other was uh, that she wanted to do better in challenges. Like she really wanted to test herself in that regard. She was looking great. She looked really, really fit. Um, and she really wanted to bring it in that regard too. Uh, in terms of Sari, I think that the three people that we have most recently spoken about, Sari, Ozzy, and JT, that they both, Ozzy and JT, have this history with Sari. Did Sari seem like that there was tension with either of those guys? I don't want to. I don't want to spoil the okay. outcome of the articles. Uh, this is a, this is a point in the articles for sure. We'll talk about that for sure. Okay. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I think that the answer will be. Um, I don't know. If I say it's surprising, then it means that maybe there's no beef. <laughs> so, okay. All right. <laughs> but, so, all right. So, we, I, I think we'll, be, we'll be on the lookout. Beefy, beefy, uh, beefish. Yeah. That, uh, look, this is a great, all, all great stuff yes. that, you're, yes. that you're giving us yes. here. Okay. So, then in terms of Ozzy coming back again, again, he has uh, a very extensive resume. I yeah. mean, Ozzy has really uh, seen it all. He's a losing finalist and voted out of the game three times. If he loses again, I think he's the person that's been voted out of the games the most. He times. already is, I think. Oh uh, my he's God. been voted out five times. Uh, five he's, times He's already? been voted out five times. You know, he, he's voted out in Micronesia and then he's voted out no, I think it's a four times. Oh, so, so it's only four times. It'll okay. be five. Yeah, it He'll be in the five timers club. <laughs> it would be five. He'll be the first person in the clubhouse at five times right, right, right. if he loses, which is amazing that he's also a losing finalist. Right, right. In Cook Islands. Well. Oh my God. Yeah. So it's, it's a lot either way. That's a, yeah. that's a ton of times that he's been voted out. I'm really surprised to see Ozzy back again. Was Ozzy sort of uh, pumped up to play Survivor again? Definitely. And I think he also was surprised. Like, I can't believe I got a call for another time, but that's pretty sweet. And he's like, oh, my life's pretty good. I'm managing a restaurant yeah. in Venice Beach. Things are great. And every few years, I get called to play the greatest game of all time. Uh, so he was very happy to be there. Um, I think of everybody that I talked to out there. I don't know that anybody surprised me more than Ozzy. Yeah. Um, Ozzy was the biggest surprise to me. My preconception of Ozzy going out there is probably pretty similar to what a lot of people have. Um, it's that, arrogant. <laughs> he's in a, he's aloof, you he's know, he's moody. A, exactly. He, yeah. He's obviously, he's super talented in challenges. He's super talented when it comes to the survival aspect. He's, you know, probably the best that I, I, I think you could even take, probably out of it he's the best that we've ever seen in that regard yeah um but i don't think much of him strategically and i don't think much of him socially uh and he, i think he still has to prove those things once he gets out there but that being said so for all of these interviews like i said like i asked everybody about themselves first and then for the second half of the interview i asked them about everybody else so i can get their thoughts on record for that i didn't have to do that with ozzy all I had to do with Ozzy, because he started talking about dynamics in Ponderosa on his own. I said, so what's going on at Ponderosa? And without any prompting from me whatsoever, he immediately started describing literally every single person from the cast purely from memory and what they are doing at Ponderosa. And his recall for it was really incredible in the moment. Yeah. And it matched up. He was like the fourth person I talked to. And it matched up with everything that everybody else was saying about everybody else for the rest of the day. So his powers of, you know, powers of observation, like very, very keen. Um, I was impressed by that. I was really surprised by that. Okay, so let's keep going. Uh, we've talked about five of the 20. Yeah, so so from here, I'm going to start talking about the wild cards. Uh, and there's a, a bunch of wild cards this season, I think, but there's two in particular that I, that I want to get out of the way fairly early in my, in my uh, flow of the articles. And that's the two X factors from Millennials versus Gen X. Uh, that's Michaela and that's Zeke. And these are two people that were sight unseen. Nobody knows anything about these people. Uh, no one knows how they've played. Uh, this has happened before in Survivor with Russell Hance. 
Uh, it happened with Rupert back in All Stars. Right. Uh, we it, had seen about six episodes of Rupert. Sure. So yeah. you'd seen a little bit of Rupert. No one had seen anything of Russell. Um, I don't know how much of Amanda and uh, James. and James that they had seen yeah, they for Micronesia. Um, and certainly Malcolm is somebody Malcolm. who's out here as well who had that experience. Uh, and I think that that was that was an interesting dynamic to talk through with everybody. Is sort of people wondering about like the ghost of Russell Hans and is he here with us in Fiji? <laughs> okay. So were people really concerned with Michaela and Zeke? It was it was a little bit of a split, but I would say it was skewing more towards concern. Concern. Uh, yeah. And, and I think that that's because it's just, you know, and we talked about this a little bit during the live stream of just like an idea of like, if there's an easy argument against people, why not just go for that in a season that's so uncertain and when there are so many, you know, different high powered threats. And if it's a season called Game Changers and there are two people on this season and you don't know why they are qualifying as Game Changers, those might be people that you want to be afraid of. So I think more often than not, people were nervous about these two, Zeke especially, I think. Um, and there were people who were like, you know, whatever, they have a chance to prove themselves and we'll just see how that goes. But Tony, for instance, was saying he thinks that they should be the first two to go. Yeah. Well, Tony, I think would be happy with anybody. anybody. Yeah, that would that would be great. But there were a lot of there were a lot of people who were like, that's scary. It's frightening to have people that we don't know at all. Uh, and Tony was beating the drum. You know, those those should <laughs> be the first two to go. Yeah. Good. Tony is grasping at straws. I know. But but for for their part, you know, Mikhail was psyched to be here. I had no idea how they placed. I did know that they did not win the game. Um, but Michaela, you know, she was I, I had no idea that she had gone uh, pre-jury. Um, what what I did know, what I did hear, was that apparently Michaela's a bit of a badass in terms of challenges. Uh, she certainly looked it. I had not met Michaela until I had come out there, and she was very physical looking and very strong looking in person. Um, for Zeke, Zeke was really stoked to be playing his second time. Super fan, super nerd for Survivor. Mm-hmm. Was like through the moon looking at, you know, Sari and Tony and Sandra being out there and trying to kind of steady himself to get to a place of like, these are, you know, survivor legends and it's going to be really, really neat to play against them and hopefully play with a bunch of them. But I got to get into business mode pretty quickly. He wasn't quite there when I was talking to him. How did you approach the challenge of sitting down for an interview with people you never met before? Now, you had talked to them when you did your preseason press for Survivor 33. That's right. Yeah. So then you're just like, oh, you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, so I, I got the cast list a little bit before I go out to location. Uh, so I had like a day or two to ponder like, oh, OK, so these guys. That's why they call it Ponderosa. Yeah. So either these guys did really well or at least they were super memorable and they were worth bringing back. Um, and it was it was exciting because I really liked talking to them on the phone before Millennials versus Gen X. So I had like a minor amount of history with them. Uh, certainly know from from talking to Zeke the first time that he, you know, listened to the podcast and evolution of strategy and stuff. So there's a lot of like deep survivor nerdery that i'm able to talk to this guy about Mm. um but it's definitely a challenge because i can't ask him like about uh so you did this crazy thing where you pushed everybody to rocks and all of that happened i have no idea that that's happened at this point um so in terms of like the specifics of their games difficult to talk to them okay yeah and that, did you feel like one of them was better prepared than the other? Um, I mean, I, th- I thought that Zeke knew the game better than yeah. Michaela. Uh, and, you know, I, I don't think that that's that should be controversial. I thought that I thought that Zeke was uh, somebody who, who knew the history of Survivor better, knew these people better. Uh, I think Michaela knew many of these people. Michaela was really psyched to see like Debbie, for instance. I think yeah. she was really happy about it. I think she was really psyched to see Sari, uh, a few other people. 
Um, but but you know, Zeke had like instant recall on who these people sure. were. Yeah. And were they excited to work with each other? Not particularly. Yeah. Uh, not like you know, like upset that the other person was there. But I think as uh, Millennials versus Gen X bared out, and I was kind of wondering while I was watching, like, is there going to be like any sort of conflict between these two? Because they didn't seem like yeah. s- like super close or anything like that. But I think that just in in what we did see of season thirty three, they just never really seemed like they had much of anything at all. They're yeah. kind of, you know, like completely independent of each other for most of it. So who's next after your wild All cards? All right, so next after the wild cards, I think that that takes us pretty naturally into the person who was previously a wild card, and that's Malcolm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Malcolm is the other person on this island who has the experience of being somebody who is playing back-to-back with no one having seen their game before. Very excited for Malcolm to come back. I know you had said during the uh, Survivor uh, Facebook page show uh, that you felt like that Malcolm was a great winner pick. And I was really, uh, you know, on board with that as well. I think that he's, you know, such a triple threat. He's had the right amount of time in between yeah. his seasons. I just watched one of those videos, though, on the CBS, the CBS videos. videos. And then I did think that, oh, but Malcolm is seeming a little cocky. Yeah, he definitely did. Yeah. Uh, he didn't seem that cocky to me when I was talking to him during our interview. Maybe he's just, you know, yucking it up for uh, for the cameras. But I maybe everybody is like, yeah, Malcolm has got a really good shot to win. And he's like, yeah, yeah, I you know, I do. You know, I kind of do. Uh, maybe maybe that was it. I mean, he seemed really confident. Um, he seemed like he had, you know, grown up a bit since his time on Survivor. You know, he's been a Away from the game for a little bit um he seemed pretty self-assured and he seemed like a guy who like he knew what his problem areas were and knew that like he had to accept those as realities mm-hmm. rather than try to change them like i asked him how are your hands these days like or if you got to get into another position where like you have to like steadily hold on to something are you going to be able to pull that off he's like no i'm not i'll be screwed because i just can't do it i've tried and it's not happening. Uh, he also felt like um, he was going to be having a hard time if he had to be like under the thumb of a Philip type. Like if he had to be under the thumb of somebody who's like really calling the shots and is being a really, really terrible leader. Uh, and he, he said that without saying Philip. And then I said, uh, but Phillips, you know, you, you played under Philip. How could that be so hard? He said, yeah, well, his football playing cousin is out here this time, uh, obviously referring to Brad. So that was another weakness that he cited in himself. So I, I felt like he, he seemed really aware to me. Um, just looking at kind of the cast dynamics, there are a lot of really, uh, you know, like brawny, meat shieldy alpha dudes out here this season. And a lot of them were talking about wanting to work together. Um, and Malcolm is somebody who could fit into that. Uh, but Malcolm is also somebody who could fit in with a lot of different types. Mm-hmm. You know, his first season, he gets to the very close to the end through his partnership with Denise. It's an unlikely partnership between the two of them. Uh, his second time out, he's getting, you know, he, he's going along in the game with the three amigos. So he's broed down before. So I think there's a versatility to Malcolm that I don't automatically sense in a lot of the male players that were out there this season that caused me to pick Malcolm as my winner pick before the game started. Uh, so Malcolm was the guy that I chose like to lock it in Malcolm's gonna be my winner pick so that happened uh pre-game he can get along with anybody I think that's gonna be really fun to see how it all plays out for Malcolm in, ter- in terms of Malcolm's prep there is one other thing that I think that you'll get a kick out of. oh good uh in order to like drill down and do the research and get ready for Survivor uh he tried to listen to the evolution of strategy what do you mean tried to listen to the evolution of strategy he couldn't get past the Penner impressions <laughs> <laughs> 
He said it was a problem and that you and I uh, were just pennering back and forth way too much and the Alan Alda of it all caused him to turn off the evolution of strategy. He turned it off? Yeah. There could have been gold. Yeah. That could have been a million dollars. I know, I know. So if, if Malcolm does not pull well, this thing off, I think we got to blame him on, uh, on saying no to the evolution of strategy. Say bye-bye to that money, man. Bye-bye, man. Yes. I thought that was funny. I cracked up. I also felt a little bad about that. I was like, oh, I just got a one-star rating to my face. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of tough. It's yeah. kind of tough, but it was great. Uh, so so we go from Malcolm uh, to, to Andrea, just because naturally that's who he's played with out here uh, yeah. in the past, and that feels like a good spot for Andrea. Also, from a Mr. Survivor to a Miss Survivor. Indeed, indeed, of course. How could I forget? Uh, so, the same year, also. Yeah, so here here comes Andrea, Andrew Belke, uh, round three. Third time's, uh, third time's a charm for Andrea, perhaps. Andrea back, I think, is really interesting. What was her attitude like coming back? Well, Andrea's fun. I mean, Andrea, you know, right now she's, you know, she's got a great job as a host over at People.com and she's interviewing celebrities and yeah. she's doing all of that. And she's had, a, you know, kind of a prolific hosting career over the past few years. And it's kind of like, what are you doing out here playing Survivor? Like, you've got a good deal right Heard now. that, yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah, exactly. Like, you can relate. Um, so I was, you know, on, on one level a little bit surprised uh, to have, uh, to see her out there. And then I think on another level, it's just like, Survivor's kind of fun. You kind of just kind of want to come out here and play. But Andrea was interesting to talk to because uh, I think Andrea has a reputation of paranoia. Um, that's something that you hear a lot about Caramo and Andrea, certainly of, you know, she's nervous that, you know, people are coming after her and she's, you know, freaks out really, really quickly. Um, and she was very open in talking about her paranoia and how that was a thing. And that's something that, you know, she's working to conquer. But I found her to be quite paranoid during yeah. the interview at certain points. So I don't know how much she conquered that. <sighs> yeah. Uh, I, I'm, I'm worried about her. Why are you I'm worried, worried about, I'm worried about her? Because I think that her shot to win was her second shot. Uh -huh. I think that I, I don't know who the survivor player is that has been able to sort of turn the thing on its head where, okay, we're all gunning for this person. We know about this person. They get got and then they're able to sort of turn it around. Right. Yeah, no, it's an interesting point. I think that we have a couple of people that are in that category of people that have sort of been outed in terms of what their game is about. I think a few of them are here in this season, and it'll be interesting if a Survivor player can successfully change the narrative that people have about them. Yeah, uh, while they're changing the game as well. Um, well, that was, to take it back to Tony, as often as possible, uh, that was something that Tony said, is like, these people who've played three or four times and they haven't won, like, why are you going to win on the next round? Like, you ha you've had your shots, I don't know. Uh, so maybe he would be applying that same logic to someone like Andrea. If he knew what an Andrea was. I'm not convinced <laughs> that, I'm not convinced. I'm not convinced that he knew who many of these people were. So the Malcolm and Andrea relationship did they have any strong feelings one way or another about no. working together without spoiling your articles? No, I do. I do think that that was like that. That's part of, you know, what I'm talking about with like the Andrea paranoia of like Malcolm and I, you know, we get along really well in real life and after the game. But like in the game, we were really at each other's throats and like it could go either way. Like he might just be coming after me first and that would suck and like stuff like that. And so it would kind of snowball. Uh, so like it seems like she's a little Michael bit snowball. Michael snowball. <laughs> <laughs> Why is he not a game changer? I don't know. I don't know. I love Michael Snow. He uh, got voted out during uh, Hold Up, bro. When I asked Sarah Lucina uh, about Zeke, as I was asking everybody about everyone, and I asked her about Zeke, she said that she uh, she got Michael Snow vibes from Zeke. 
And I don't know what that means. Like Michael yeah. Snow vibes. <laughs> I thought you were going to say that she thought he was Michael Snow. <laughs> like, yeah, that's, that's Michael from <laughs> Undercover, Survivor Karamoan. Undercover he Michael Snow. He grew a mustache. Snow. Undercover Michael Snow. Yeah. yeah. That'd be a great idea. And hair. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty good. Uh, so we'll see. We'll see how that all goes. Okay. So then after your Malcolm and Andrea tier... Who else? All right. So now we're going to get into um, second chance territory and second chance territory, I think, is kind of fun. Big moves tier. Big moves tier. Uh, there are two people from this season who were on second chance. And then there are two people here who were not on second chance. But and I hesitate to say almost were at least they were in the running for second chance. How about we say that? Mm-hmm. So I'm going to talk about those four uh, or I'm going to write about those four in kind of one cluster. Uh, let's start with Jeff Varner. Jeff Varner is back in action. Round three for Jeff Varner. Yep, he is back. And again, when we're talking about him and Sierra, when we talk about people that have sort of been outed by, okay, this is what their game is all about. And it really led to each of their downfall in that second chance game. I don't know how either of those players changes the narrative that everybody has about them. Yeah, and I think that that was something that that was coming up. Uh, and to, to take it with Jeff first, um, is Jeff is somebody who, you know, the the experiences of interviewing Jeff in Cambodia versus interviewing Jeff in Fiji could not have been more different. Different guy now. Really different. Um, so in Cambodia, he was the star of the preseason as far as I was concerned. We uh, loved him. It was incredible. You know, Varner was talking about his pregame alliances. He was talking about, um, you know, the little tiny whispers that are happening here at Ponderosa and all these little plots and plans that he's got in place and, uh, you know, the nerves and the paranoia and how much this means to him and what he needs, you know, why he needs this win. And it was so compelling in person. I that the article came out well i was really proud of that one um and the jeff of fiji who had been through cambodia at that point did not do very well in cambodia Mm -hmm. was incredibly memorable while he was on the show was the star not just of the preseason but the four episodes he was on he was the guy right uh you know he was the the energy tornado that everything revolved around um and in fiji in sitting down with him tranquil you know calm peaceful, really wanting to to not go a mile a minute, you know, wanting to move slower, wanting to, um, you know, ha- had been doing a bunch of yoga, uh, had found love in the time since Cambodia, uh, was really kind of love. like, you know, wow. yeah, you know, he found he found someone who's, you know, found someone to put up with the shit, you know, <laughs> everyone yeah. should get one of those. Uh, and is the toothpaste out of the tube, and that's the question. Josh. And that's the question. Uh, and, you know, while he felt like really positive vibes about the people that he is the peanut butter out, out of, of the, the jar. jar. Yeah. While he, you could put peanut butter back in the jar. You could put peanut butter back in the jar. Uh, you know, unless it's like a really tiny opening anyway. Uh, but, you know, for, for Jeff, like he was feeling really calm and confident and, and good about the people that were out there. Um, and the, the reactions from people in talking about Jeff um, were not like uniformly across the board. Like that guy's a nut. Like that guy played so fast and you got to watch out for him. But there was a lot of that. Um, and, and I think that that's a really great way of putting it. The peanut butter out of the jar, the toothpaste out of the tube is, is the, is, you know, is the dirt out on Jeff. Jeff wants to play as sort of like a hybrid of his, you know, his two previous performances, you know, where he was kind of more of a snarkster in confessionals in Australia rather than being really in your face. Uh, whereas in Cambodia, maybe he was a little too in, in your face. And mm-hmm. I think that he wants to try and find the middle ground there. And the question is, will anybody give him enough of a chance to let him find that middle ground? It'll be an interesting question interesting because question. I think that that's going to be uh, a major concern for the other players that are out there after second chances, which we love. Yeah. But I don't know, as a player, yeah. if I would be loving what I saw from Jeff Warner in Second Chances. Like, as a person, I was really happy to see that he was, like, really calm and really, you know, like, he just, like, seemed like he had good energy. And I felt, like, really good for where he is in his life in that moment. 
but I had like immediate questions of, you know, will people give him a chance? All right. Now, Varner's uh, other fellow second chance. Let's talk about her. Uh, Sierra Easton yes. is back out. She voted out her mom. Yes. yes. Sierra rocks. Uh, here comes Sierra. I mean, like you're not going to have a season called Survivor Game Changers without Sierra Easton, especially if like you're pulling from people from the modern era when she is the person who is banging the drum of play the game, play the game, even if it's not with me, play the game. Got to have that person back on the cast. Sure. Um, very excited to see Sierra, but I really would put her in that very same category as Jeff Varner. I don't know how anybody feels at ease with her in this game after what we saw in both the end of Survivor Blood versus Water and then also in the events leading up to her exit in Survivor Second Chance. Yeah, no, I think that that's a fair thing to say. But that being said, uh, I think that you could have still had that assessment after Blood versus Water and she got pretty far in Second Chance. I uh, mean, it, I think, what what was it, like 11th place? She's the, what, she's the third third member of the jury that season, I think, or is she the fourth member of the, she's the fourth member of the jury that season. Yeah. Um, that's still that's pretty good that's pretty yeah. deep into the game and she's only there by the by the grace of jeremy collins right, saving fish right. she almost, organizes a plan that she almost, almost got out of it i think she might be 10th place i think steven is nine yeah steven goes next um so i mean she's somebody that had played the way that she played in blood versus water mm-hmm. and was able to you know do you know have some success out there in second chance i was so high on her going into second chance of course now. yeah, yeah. A, a lot of these people like i've done like 180s on them and i'm not talking about that coach movie with danielle de lorenzo <laughs> i uh, I wanted to pick Sierra as my winner uh, in my Jeff Probst draft uh, for second chance, but he snatched her up first. So I was very high on Sierra as well. So I was really psyched to see her back out for this season. I think Sierra is fun when you have her on Survivor. Sure. She is somebody that really does want to energize the game. She is somebody that is trying to encourage uh, fast gameplay and, you know, to make things happen. Uh, maybe sometimes that's not like the smartest play for a lot of people, but no. it's, it's typically great television. And that's my primary concern. Okay. So let's talk about the two guys guys that got left at the altar yeah. at second chance yes brad culpepper and troy zan uh brad is going to be another one of those people who is not going to appear in most of these articles brad had a lot to say about brad uh brad had a lot to say about monica as well uh so what else is new you know, so it was, it was you know, about what you would expect from from brad i don't think that i got um more than five questions in during my conversation with brad we talked a lot about syracuse because his son is a football player at syracuse and as you can see in the cast photos brad is repping uh syracuse university on his hat i'm also uh, a syracuse uh alum so we had that to talk about um huge news for uh the cues for that you know that's uh exactly the publicity that you're that you need it's pretty good it's pretty great yes you know repping that carrier dome uh so yeah so brad was you know brad had a really uh brad was really funny whenever i would like bring up game changers as a concept he would kind of just laugh and roll his eyes as if he was the internet reacting to brad culpepper <laughs> being on the season so he's like, uh, wait, he was reacting to him being there yeah, or well, reacting to the name well he was basically like, yeah game changers uh it's me out here on survivor game changers yeah, like there was like a, it was like a you know there was a self-aware quality that i really did appreciate about brad but then he would go into defenses of himself he's like well you know just in my defense like blood versus water was a very complicated game and basically i was the one who galvanized the gameplay on that season he has a point he yeah. certainly has a point in that regard um he's incredibly compelling uh television that season uh the fu brad culpepper of it all and i think that he he may have carried a little bit of that into the preseason at least of like 
I think everybody out here probably thinks I'm a big jerk. They probably think I'm just like some some jerk hole conservative. I'm as liberal as it gets. Like that was the kind Whoa. of thing that he was talking about and how he wanted to do some image rehab. Uh, so I think that he he's looking to to you know change the game for himself at least uh, change the reputation a little okay. bit. Okay, and then what about Troyzan? Troyzan. <sighs> Troyzan. So, uh, Troyzan is on this season. Yes. Uh, Troyzan is on this season. Uh, he is another one that, uh, was in the mix for Second Chance and it did not work out. And, uh, I wanted to talk to him about that. I wanted to talk to Brad about that. The as well. Winnebago yeah. is pulling up to Fiji. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Troyzan Probst has returned. Uh, <laughs> crowd goes the wild. Crowd goes wild. Uh, and so the first thing that I noticed when Troy Zan sat down across from me is that he was wearing flip flops. Uh, and if you remember when he is told no during the second chance uh, cast reveal, he is also wearing flip flops. And the idea of him just like going at the survivor wearing flip flops uh, was amazing to me. Um, so it just triggered to me like, all right, well, let me get your take on like what that night was like and what it was like to, to be turned down in that way. And Troy Zan launched into an epic rant about the unfairness of the second chance voting and it was one of the greatest things that i'd ever witnessed it was just so it was so funny yeah. uh you know in in the confessionals with troyzan in one world and like when he's trying to like you know once his back is against the wall and like the the you know the the yeah. jig is up and kim and everybody the women are together for sure and it's out there uh and he's trying to pull people over to his side he would do the things where like he would try to like count out the numbers of like why it would make so much sense for you five to come in with my five and he would like hold up his hand and like he would like tug on a finger and he'd like really put it in your face he would like do that when he was counting out like the statistics for the votes and stuff it was just such a great Troyzan moment I'm not somebody who's ever really gotten Troyzan mm -hmm. um uh, one of the yeah not yet the the first uh, the first finale I ever attended was the one world finale uh, and that was when Troy Zan says something like there are people coming up to me on the street telling me I'm as good as Richard Hatch yeah and, and that kind of self assessment that Troy Zan has had has never aligned with what I believe to be the reality of Troy Zan as a player but what I what I did take away from that was that Troy Zan is a goofball he's yeah. very funny uh, he's a good speaker and he he has he has a lot of thoughts about life and about himself and I think that they can be conveyed in compelling ways. I don't know that I would call Troy Zan Robertson a survivor game changer. Uh, I, I know that people have questions about many of the people in the cast in that regard. But what I would say about Troy uh, that I did not really get before I went out and met the guy is that he's a really entertaining person. Yeah. And I'm very curious to see how it works out for him. That night of the Second Chances finale when they named the cast, that was a really fun night when we were at the uh, the after party and yeah. you had like, you know, Troy Zan and like Jim Rice and like, uh, you know, a bunch yeah. of the people that didn't make it onto the season. Yeah. Like uh, they were really like holding court. I found him to be really likable. I was <laughs> I was surprised at how much I liked Troy Zan. Uh, like I like just I have to admit that like I really I walked away from that interview being like I kind of really like Troy Zan now. So you're I'm, in. Yeah, I'm curious. I'm, I'm at least I'm, I'm giving it a shot. I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a shot. And I'm really hoping that I'm gonna like what I see. Okay. Uh, What's next? Your co wrong four? I think this is when you got to get into the co wrong four. Uh, the co wrong four. Which, How could anybody think that they're working together? Well, so I I don't know. I mean, I think when you see uh when you see a block of people from a season, when you see so many people from a season, I think that you just like automatically worry that there might be a thing. This was very much the case in Second Chance with the Kageyan four with Wu with uh with spencer with Cass and with tasha that people were just like automatically like 
That's got to be something we're concerned about. Mm-hmm. The same type of concern uh, for Korong. To take it back to Troy Zane, who I thought said something really, really astute, even a scoot. Uh, he said, uh, you know, like, I know how close my season is. You know, like, I know how, like, especially when you just get off of a season, when your season has just wrapped and you leave. Uh, and now you're a really close-knit group. I think the One World cast is sort of, like, infamously really tight. Mm-hmm. Uh, so maybe that's not the same for every other cast. Uh, but he said, like, if, if we had four of us that were going to be on the same season, we'd be calling each other every single day yeah. uh, he said two people from the same season is dangerous for dude that's literally his quote uh so yeah i will say that when you are just coming off your season yeah. you are particularly close and especially for these uh players that are in the game like somebody like going back to the pre-gaming that was going on in second chance everybody knew everybody from social media yeah. but these co-wrong people i mean do they know anybody? Does Debbie have interaction with anybody else in that cast other than the people from Co Wrong? I don't know, and I but I think part of it too is that like this season just ended. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is the season that we've all just watched. They were all just out there at the finale together. We just don't know, uh, and so there was this there was this looming concern of the possibility that these four people were together. Yeah, your hunch, however seems to be the correct one based on what my of experience it is. talking to these guys is. Yes. It's like clearly Caleb and Ty are tight. There was a lot of talk about the fact that Ty was at Caleb's wedding. This was a thing that people knew. <laughs> Look, I could definitely see a scenario where if any of those people are going to work together, it's Ty and Caleb, Ty and Caleb right. if they end up on the same beach, I feel like that, you know, stolen kiss alliance right. is happening. But right. the other, like, it's very difficult to draw the connections. I don't know about that. I mean, uh, I don't know about that. I mean, Aubrey and Ty are in the finals together uh, and they work together all through you know the end of the game together uh mm. aubrey and debbie were super tight at a certain were. point in the game and yeah. then and then voted her out so i think that there's reasons to assume that maybe these people are connected um but again without spoiling the outcome of the articles all i will say is maybe looks can be deceiving and maybe yeah. maybe uh maybe the piece isn't there maybe the unity that that some of these people saw within the co-rong for maybe that's not the case yeah i would suspect and, and again i i don't know i feel like that maybe Ty might like Aubrey and Aubrey might feel like that. Uh, that was not a great experience being uh, an ally of Ty. He was a little uh, wishy-washy. Yeah. A little well, bit of a fancy fencer tin. Yeah. Well, we'll see. We'll see okay. how that goes. We'll see how that goes. Yeah. Can I ask just uh, quickly, how was Aubrey perceived? Because this is a question that I had had from when, you know, we first started to hear these names. Were people looking at Aubrey as like, ooh, she almost won. Right. She's a threat. Or are they looking at her more as sort of like, oh, she was sort of like the goofy person who sort of went on to sort of like have confidence and find herself. There's, I don't think that anyone thought the second thing. Like, yeah. I don't think anyone just thought of Aubrey as a goof. Um, I think that everyone saw her. I don't mean to say goof. Sure, like sure, a sure. Big, sure. A, yes, per, like get, a, a colorful character. Totally. Totally get what you're saying. And certainly like somebody who started off kind of in a, a coloring book character. Yeah, a coloring book character. Started off on the wrong foot and then, you know, became a geek goddess as Debbie described her mm-hmm. in uh, in Survivor Korong. Um, I don't think that anyone thought of her in terms of the day one Aubrey. I think everyone thought of her in terms of the day 39 Aubrey. And what's more is that I do think that there were people who thought of Aubrey as Aubrey the winner of Survivor Korong. Uh, that was still a debate that was very fresh at the time of these interviews and it was something that was you know kind of uh fascinating to talk back and forth with aubrey especially but definitely something to hear from people of like 
Uh, Aubrey is really, 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 really good at this game. And for some people, that was a massive turnoff. And for other people, they were really psyched about that. And that's somebody that you could potentially partner up. Like JT was excited about Aubrey. Malcolm is excited about Aubrey. People were pumped about Aubrey. And then there are people who are concerned about Aubrey because she proved that she's really, really smart and really good at this game. Are we ready to talk about the Worlds Apart 2? So before we get to the worlds of partners, like this is kind of like the 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 second wild card tier. I don't, oh. you know, if if Tony wasn't a winner and if I hadn't started out with him, like maybe I would have lumped Tony and Sarah together. Sarah. But I didn't really know where to put Sarah, so I just kind of have Sarah kicking off this final segment of of wild cards. That she's some, but you know, she's somewhat of an unknown. I think Sarah was like a really popular winner pick during Kagi. She was my winner pick. Yeah, like, I have a lot of winner picks in this season. Oh, really? Who else? Uh, I think Andrea uh-huh. was a winner pick of mine at one point. Sierra was a winner pick of mine. Okay. All right. So you've got some winner picks in the mix here, but Sarah was certainly one that was really popular during Kagiyan. Yeah. I remember from the blogging days. Again, up is down, down is up. If I like the person in the past, for the most part, I'm pretty down on uh, them going into this season. And if I was down on them, I might be a little higher on them. I think that, you know, in, in like the kind of like the question marks that are raised about this cast that people have had, uh, I'm, I, maybe I'm a little surprised that there aren't more eyebrows raised at the inclusion of Sarah Lucina as a game changer. Um, I mean, she you know she's playing a decent enough game during Kagiyan. it's not super flashy and then you know she goes home basically because she's sticking her you know her foot in the ground and refusing to budge whatsoever and Cass is going to make the flip that she makes and now Sarah's being brought back so so it, it was a little bit of a question mark for me in terms of her inclusion here um throughout the day Sarah was one of the last people I spoke to and throughout the interviews one of the consistent things I kept hearing about Sarah is that she's just got like kind of like this stone cold face uh, and she's just kind of like walking around like this like person that's like kind of like a bruiser and you like they couldn't like there were people who were like I don't know if she's trying to be intimidating. I don't know if she's just freaking the F out right now. I don't really know what's going on with Sarah. Uh, But then when Sarah sat down with me, like the first thing she said was like, it kind of sucks to be at Ponderosa because I kind of just have this default face of like people are probably like really intimidated by me or think that I'm super unfriendly. It's just my face, bros. I don't know what to tell uh, you. She's, she says like, if, if you would let me talk, like you would know I'm super fun. I'm super friendly. She has resting intimidating face. She's resting RIF. Uh, so that was something that she said. And then she kind of, uh, she just started talking about the game in, in, in a really fun way. And she started talking about, um, you know, we, we got into conversations about the swearing on the badge and the cops are us of it all she had some hot takes on that situation um you know i kind of would have hot well i kind of would have thought that like it was like the the thing where she would be like yeah that was really crappy of tony but i forgave him and it's fine now or whatever that would have been but she was like you know technically i broke my vow first like i was gonna go after oh, she came tony. around you know she's like she, it's not even that she came around she's like i kind of let tony just like take the fall on the whole swear of the badge thing but I sort of swore on my badge first oh, and broke she, that swear. Like Boy George, she cleaned her own mirror. So she was talking about how, like, that's the kind of thing that she would be, you know, thrilled to do again. Like, swear on this, swear on that. You know, maybe taking shades of the Tony game. Well, we always say the person who comes back for playing again, right. they take something from the winner of that season. He just happens to be here. Yeah. So I, I found that fascinating. Uh, there was another great moment in the in the Sarah interview that I'll that I'll write about. But I I, I really I really liked talking to Sarah. I was surprised. I didn't have any expectations of talking to Sarah other than what I'd been hearing all day and that I, you know, she's not a big memorable survivor character for me, but I was really pleasantly surprised at talking to Sarah. Josh, you've teased these people all afternoon. <laughs> Everybody wants you to talk about your interaction with Haley Ford and fan favorite Sierra Dawn Thomas. <laughs> <laughs> 
That was the greatest thing that I've that I've seen in a long time. Yes. I just watched Rob like very slowly turn towards the soundboard as he's like slowly stringing out who he's talking about. I'm like, what's he about to do? And the pull of the Papa Bear Don. Oh, that just got me really, really Dawn. Dawn. <laughs> it's, it's real. real. <laughs> it's real. Yeah, so Sierra Dawn Thomas is out here. It's happening. It's real. Uh, <laughs> Haley Ford is here as well. Yes. Uh, two people from Worlds Apart. Not my favorite season. Um, mm. You know, I'm not a, not a big fan of Worlds Apart. It's not it's not a not not a not an elite Survivor season for me. Probably a bottom tier season of Survivor for me. Don't like the nastiness of that season. Uh, don't love the gameplay of that season. It's just not my thing. Um, I've always liked Haley Ford as a character. Uh, she's really you know she's really funny. The whole America of it all is really really great. And I do think that she's somebody who is probably maybe you know smarter than she seems. Like you know she's got like her her whole lawyer thing going on. She's a very intelligent person. Um, but I think that you know these are two people that do fit the mold of like that Monica Padilla or Kelly Wentworth type of like here they are. You're not entirely sure what they're doing back out here on Survivor. In one case. It kind of just falls flat. And in the other case, Kelly Wentworth goes on to be like the queen of that season. Um, So who knows which way it breaks for Sierra and Haley. But in the interviews with them, I didn't walk away crazy impressed, to be honest. Okay, I mean, it's the thing where it either goes one of two ways. Either it sort of just lands like a like totally, you know. (laughs) <laughs> or, I don't know if the, if the onomatopoeia right. did it justice. Either that or this person goes on to defy the right. low expectations. And become like an unexpected Khaleesi. Right. Yeah. It's, it's the best possible position to be in, to come into this situation where people expect nothing from you. Yeah. If you can come in, you're under the radar. People aren't worried about you. Both of them are semi-decent uh, physical players. And yeah. I think that... Uh, SDT two is probably the better of the uh, two women in terms of the athletic prowess. Yeah, but it's just like it's a it's a position that you could only play yourself out of. If they could just keep a low profile, it's like pencil them in at the merge. Yeah, totally. Um, that's absolutely right. I think I think that you know these are people that are. Uh, I, I certainly <laughs> Sierra had a great burn. Sierra Easton had a great burn uh, when I asked her about Haley. And she's like, is she a game changer. I'm not trying to be mean. I know that sounds mean, but like, can someone tell me why she's a game changer? I'd love to have that conversation. That was about Haley. That was about Haley. Sierra Easton, when she found out that Haley was a game changer. Yes. yes. And she rolled her eyes as well. Uh, So, you know, know, so So much shade. Yeah. So she had like a really hardcore, like internet comment in that. uh, Like that was like something you would see on a, on a message board for sure. Uh, We probably have seen on message boards for the past few months. Yeah. Um, I just wonder though, do you need this person? Like, if you were going to make the recipe for a survive an all star survivor season, do you need to have the why are they there people? Go back to heroes versus villains, and you certainly have your why are they there Candace, people, yeah. Candace, Danielle DiLorenzo, and you have Captain that, Sports. and you have them there in that season. Parvati, once upon a time, was a why are they there girl? And Kelly so, Wentworth was a why are they there girl? And so I think that you've just like, you know, you've laid out the two arguments. Like it sometimes works out really, really well and it's really, really cool to see. And sometimes it's kind of a dud. Uh, although even Candace and Danielle, I thought they brought a lot to Heroes versus Villains ultimately. Yeah, they did. You know, Monica really, uh, Monica P is somebody that you and I were really high on in our Samoa rewatch for Evolution of Strategy. And we mm-hmm. were really psyched to see her come back and she was a dud. Um, so that happens sometimes too. Um, you know, Amber comes back and wins your season. Of course. Of all yeah, the ultimate. You know, why are they there? Why are they there? So the why are they there? Oftentimes they prove why they're there. Um, 
all I can say is like, you know, during the interview, they were very sweet people. They seemed incredibly nice. Uh, I just didn't register a ton of gameplay and strategy from them. Um, like if that's what you're really, really hoping for that, like they've got like super secret weapons. I didn't glean much of that from either of them. I gleaned a willingness to really play a real excitement to be there. Um, maybe a little bit of intimidation after hearing what the theme of the season was. Well, could you just go back to when you went to the beach on second chances and in talking with Kelly Wentworth, like, did you get something from her pregame that you felt like, you know what? I think that she really can do something. Yeah. Here. A hundred percent. I really felt like Wentworth could do really, really well. Um, And then the proof was in the pudding, you know, two or three days later when I watched her steal an immunity idol in the middle of a challenge. You felt good. So I felt great about that. But even in the interview with Kelly Wentworth, I was like, oh, she seems like, you know, she's really psyched to be here and knows that like it's remarkably improbable that she's back and she's really ready to take advantage of that in a really cool way. um, More so than I got from Alien Sierra. Was there anybody talking about targeting them or it was just like more of like, why are they here? More the second thing than the first um to my recollection i can't remember anybody talking about targeting either it's a great position to be in and let's see if either one of them can capitalize on that and will they ultimately feel the pressure of the internalizing that of oh i have to make a big impression while i'm here yeah and almost play their way out of the game by gotta make a move gotta like i gotta justify it totally 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 um you know in some cases those people again to go back to wentworth like she started making moves and that ended up working out pretty well for her at least in terms of like uh you know beefing up her reputation at least i mean maybe some of those moves weren't great for her game um so i don't know i don't know how it'll, i don't know how it'll shake out but we'll see all right that's our cast of 20 game changers i'm very much looking forward to seeing how the rest of this preseason is going to play out i know you've got a lot of stuff a in lot the can. going on yes i got a ton of stuff that's coming out i'm gonna be rolling out in the uh, next couple of days so we talked a lot about survivor heroes versus villains obviously sandra is there jt is there sari is there we're talking about the lessons learned from when you're bringing back all of these players to play in this type of a season and i thought that it would be fun to go back and listen to that particular season yeah and then you and i are tos i'm talking about uh and then have a conversation about it but then we were also talking about should we let it be a vote yeah should we let the people that all of the uh, survivor community should we let them decide what teos chapter we go back and listen to i would say if if we were going to do that i would just say let's limit it to seasons that have people from this cast on it like right. like don't just like give me a vanuatu shadow we're not going to do that right although i would love to re-listen that because i have no memory of yeah, recording we have no vanuatu. recollection of anything we said in the evolution strategy I have, me- I have memories of some of what we said but i have none from vanuatu <laughs> yeah I remember you making me laugh a lot with a you got pastored during the family reward where they were not uh, actually at home. They were just Skyping from the woods next door. That's all I remember from that season. Yeah. Anyway, uh, yeah, I would, I, I'm, I'm totally open to people deciding which one for us to listen to as long as it involves at least a game changer. Right. So I'm thinking that we go back. You guys let us know in the comments on Rob or let us know on Twitter. I'm at Rob Sestrino. Josh is at Round Howard. And let us know what TEOS chapter you want us to go back and re-listen to. And then we can have another discussion coming into this season as sort of a frame of reference about 
any of the TEOS chapters, and we'll do that like maybe like first week of March. Yeah, I think that Heroes versus Villains would be great. That would get my. It vote. makes a lot of sense. I, would, I, think. I, would, I hope that people vote for Heroes versus Villains because I would love to go back and listen. To that we've got three people who are on Game Changers from that season. That's the second All Star ever. Uh, there are winners in the mix that season. So I think that there would be a lot of uh, a lot of value in going back to that one. And if you're interested in our 30 season rewatch of Survivor, the Evolution of Strategy is available at evolutionofstrategy.com, where uh, Chapter One is completely free to you to listen to our Survivor Borneo coverage. All right, Josh, you have a hashtag for today? Oh, my God. How about hashtag uh, Michael Snowball? Michael Snowball. <laughs> sure. That'd be okay. great. The Michael Snowball effect. Okay. Uh, I'm really, I'm just so pumped up about everything. I'm what really, a time to be alive. I'm really pumped that I can just like talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> it's been, it's been a really lonely exercise. Uh, so it's great. It's great to finally talk about it. I've been really deep in this for the past month and a half, like I said, and to, to have it out there in the world. It seems like people are liking it. Yeah. Uh, so I'm, I'm thrilled about that and I'm really psyched for the season. And this is really exciting for me. This was a really fun show to do because, you know, um, you know, honest to God, this is not like a Sarah Lucina, Tony swear, like, you know, Josh and I don't talk about this stuff. No off the air no we don't you know we have not like it's not like the day josh gets back like we're starting like we've been talking about this like you know these are questions that i've been waiting to ask josh for eight months yeah. so this is uh very cathartic for me also to have a chance to talk to you about this no stuff. it's cool to talk about out loud uh anyone who wants to have a conversation with me about this stuff i'm happy to talk about it now that i can uh but, it, but it's been it's been hard to sit on it for a while and it was really fun to talk about it right now okay well josh anyway great to have you here to talk this through Thanks again for coming by the studio. I'm going to call up my mom coming up next. That's an incredible way to ease out of this part of the podcast. All right, everybody. That was my conversation with Josh Wiggler. Again, uh, so much fun to go through everything with Josh and sort of like pick his brain on how I imagine all of those conversations would have gone. And I can't wait to dig into the backstory of each one of those players in even greater detail in our preseason expert interviews that, that I've recorded. So I'm very excited for you guys to hear that. All right. So before we get to my mom, let me just take a moment and thank one of our sponsors. And those are our friends over at Movement Watches. And Movement Watches, MVMT Watches, were founded on the belief that style shouldn't break the bank. And that's why they decided to change the way you think about great-looking watches. The company started with two broke college students who said, in a perfect world, I'd like to wear a stylish watch, but I can't afford one, so they started a watch company. And it's not unlike how we said that the podcast game is broken. We said that we need to start up a podcast for the little guy, and that's how Rob Has a Podcast is born. And that's exactly the way that Movement Watches came to be because movement watches start at just $95 at a department store. You're going to pay much, much more, maybe 400, 500 bucks, classic design, quality construction, and stylized minimalism. Over 500,000 movement watches have been sold in over 160 countries. That's even more countries than Survivor has been to. I have a couple of watches from movement that they sent me. They're really great looking watches. You should check them out at mvmtwatches.com. You can also get 15% off today with free shipping and free returns by going to mvmtwatches.com slash RHAP movement watches are a perfect gift for Valentine's Day as well. They all have a really clean design. One of them that I have is waterproof. Even Nicole has given me compliments on my movement watch. It's time to step up your watch game. Be a game changer. Go to mvmtwatches.com slash RHAP. That's mvmtwatches.com slash RHAP. Join the movement. 
All right, everybody. I'm very excited to bring in this next guest. Uh, I talked to her right after the Survivor Second Chance cast was announced, and a lot of you guys really enjoyed this. And of course, it's always a treat for me to bring my mom onto the podcast. Please welcome back Roseanne Sesternino. Roseanne, how are you? Good morning, sir. I'm fine, thank you. How are you? Yes, I'm doing very well. How are you holding up in the blizzard? Well, you, I can't tell you what a little warmth from you means to me this morning. <laughs> yes. It is not, as all your East Coast fans know, not a nice picture here this morning. <laughs> okay, but you're doing okay? Oh, I'm fine. I'm, I'm in the house. I, there's no reason I have to leave it, except at some point to shovel my car out. So, yes, looking forward to chatting with you. Okay, good. All right, so, Mom, the new cast of Survivor has been announced, the Game Changers. Are you excited to hear what Survivor is up to this season? I always enjoy returning players uh, being on. So, uh, yeah, I'm very much looking forward to this. And what did you think of the last season? Did you like the Millennials versus Gen X? Uh, you know what? I thought the last season was just terrific. I mean, it, it took a week or two to get into the characters, but um, one of the best shows ever, and, um, and the finale was spectacular. You were so, happy. You um, liked Adam, right? Loved Adam. Loved yes. Adam, and uh, I do believe there's an awful lot of love in Survivor, and I think it was probably never exhibited more than in the last show. So, yeah. It was, I love a happy ending. It okay, was great. Good. So you're coming into this on a high note. Mm-hmm. Oh right. yeah. Yeah. All right. I feel like there's been a big lag between seasons too. <laughs> yeah. It's been a couple Dying of to get back to it. I'm not complaining too much. <laughs> so of the game changers cast, uh, who are you excited to see here? Uh, well, I've got to be excited to see Tony. Yes. You like he Tony? Was, uh, I feel like that he got on your nerves really, last time. He did. He got on my nerves in the beginning. But then I got to see a little bit of tongue-in-cheek in what he was doing. And you know what? Um, his methods seem to pay off in the end. Yes. Well, I think once somebody lets you in on the secret that they really aren't taking themselves as seriously as you think they are, uh, it's a little more fun. <laughs> okay. Are you worried about Tony this time around? I'm very worried about him. Yes. <laughs> I am very worried about him. Yeah. Experience has taught me when somebody is very sneaky, right, big we, target next time around. Yeah, we don't need to talk about that. I said somebody. All right. And who else no do you names. like that's back this season? Uh, Tay. <laughs> Tay? Yes, is it Ty? Ty. <laughs> My apologies, Ty. Yes. Um, <laughs> come on. You know how I feel about animals. He's yes. such a sweet man, such an animal lover. Um, <laughs> wore his heart on his sleeve. Just a, a very endearing character. Do you think that he will find a new chicken this season? I think they, I, I almost would think they would have to give him a new pet. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was such a big part. I, I hope the rest of the team allows him to domesticate it. <laughs> that could be, I, I don't think he could take it if some, if that, if his pet ended up on somebody's plate. Yeah. Okay. So Tony and Ty, who else do you like that's mm-hmm. back? Um, oh, one of my all time favorites, Malcolm is back. I see. Okay. Malcolm is back. And Malcolm is back. Um, I don't know if you even remember this, but, <laughs> um, 
I was out at your house. No, I, I remember. And Malcolm came by. So I'm, you know, oh, that was like a dream come true. Yes. Well, going back to that, when Malcolm came to pick up the Mr. Survivor belt, Nicole yes. alleges that you were swooning after Malcolm uh, oh. came through. It was such an unexpected pleasure <laughs> to meet him. Yes. 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 The he, original um, Mr. Survivor. And, and a very, and he was, he was a very, uh, a very sweet man to boot. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Uh, mm-hmm. He came through on. And he looked great in that survivor belt. Yeah. yeah. He came through on his motorcycle. Oh, it was unbelievable. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, the, the... I thought it was just going to be another day at the ranch. And no, no, you never know who's going to pop. Through. You never know. That's true. <laughs> I've learned. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. So that's three guys. Are there any women that you're excited to see back this season? Yes. Well, come on. Um, I think so. Sandra has had to have earned all our respect by now. Yeah. Okay. So I didn't know and, you liked uh, Sandra. Uh, I like her. Yeah. Uh, I just, I think she plays a very uh, unassuming game. <laughs> I, truthfully, sometimes I don't even know how she, how she gets through to the end. <laughs> well, nobody does. That's very quiet. She does. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she's so far under the radar. Um, you almost forget she's in the game. Yeah. Okay. So, so she's yeah. back. Uh, I, I, she's back. Uh, Michaela. Yes. Very interested to see what she's going to do this time. I mean, she's just such a strong player, mm-hmm. strong competitor. Uh, she can pretty much do everything. Uh, so it'll be, that'll be interesting to see how she takes that game a little further. Let me bounce around to a couple of different people and, uh, and get okay, your take. Hit me. Uh, what about Debbie? I, I feel like that you had strong feelings about Debbie the last time she played. You know, when the game started, uh, and I don't think I'm alone in this, <laughs> I couldn't understand how she got past the first week because she just had this very <laughs> irritating manner about her. I did come to understand her a little. And, I, and I'm going to start by saying uh, anybody playing this game who is, you know, north of 50 mm-hmm. has my complete respect. So far be it from me to, um, I, I don't know what it takes to get you through the day out there, but so, um, I, I am very much in awe of her for that, but I just found her to be a little, a little caustic. <laughs> okay. You think that she will a change things up this time? I don't know that she can. <laughs> I, I do. I just think she's the kind of person who that, that is her. So we, we'll see. We'll see. But, um, and I don't think that ever changed much. Yeah. Through the through the game she played, she did she did turn out to um, go much further than I thought she would. Yeah. I, and of course, I, you know, I listened to her exit interview uh, on your podcast, and she was a far different person than she appeared on the show. So. They always are. <laughs> they always are. They always are. Right. Um, I don't want to be too judgmental. What about Brad Culpepper? That he's back also this season. Why not? I was not a fan. I don't know. I just don't. Re- I don't remember. It could, and it could very well be the fact that his wife played. Yeah. On the game with him, so maybe that brought out a very protective side. Competitive. There was, there was, you know, more dynamics going on between. He was trying to protect her at the same time, but I don't know. A lot of, a lot of controversy around. <laughs> Do you think that he? You know, can I don't win? like that. Yeah. Uh... I, I guess, I guess physically, yeah, he's more than capable. Mm-hmm. Um, can he keep his, um, can he keep his head cool? That, that remains to be seen. And oh, yes, also a target. Any, anybody, of course, who's a strong physical player is going to be a target. 
Now, Sierra Easton is back this season. Now, if I recall, I feel like that you were very upset that she voted her mom out of the game back in Blood versus Water. I find it, um, yeah, absolutely astonishing <laughs> that any, I, get, I don't know, I, get, I don't have, you know me, I, I've got zero competitive spirit in, <laughs> in, my, in my body, but uh, it, it, it was just astonishing. <laughs> that a family member could do that, but she did we'll it. See. She, she did. was, I did enjoy her better. The second she did it. I know she did it. Yeah. Enjoyed her a little. I know she's young. Mm-hmm. Uh, we will see if, um, with age came wisdom. Now you said you liked her the second time she played with Jeff Varner the second time. Do you yeah. still like Jeff Varner? Um, I'm on the fence with him. <laughs> I wasn't, I wasn't crazy about him the last time he played. He didn't go. I know he didn't go far. Yeah. Why? Was, what was and, he doing? And forgive me. I don't, I don't even, I don't even remember why, but, um, let me let it go. I wasn't sorry to see him go. <laughs> okay. Um, I don't know. It, it could be, did he, was he abrasive with somebody I like? Um, I'm trying to think. Um, did he cause any hurt to someone I care about? Uh, I, you know, I can't tolerate No, that. I don't think anybody that you, uh, were a, a big fan of, but. All right. You know. It was just, yeah. I was, I, I was not, I was not a fan. He was in the middle of a lot of arguments that were going on. Yeah. Um, what about okay. Beast Mode Cowboy? Were you excited to see him come back after he got medevaced out of the last time he played? Oh yeah. I, yeah. I think anybody, anybody that um, deserves a second chance. He was, and he was, he was doing great. Yeah. He was doing great. So uh, yeah, let's give him another shot. And you didn't watch him on Big Brother or anything. You just knew him from Survivor. I did not. You know, yes, I am. I, uh, yes, not, not a Big Brother follower. What about Andrea? Did you like her from when she played the first times? Yes, I do. I do like Andrea. Andrea, uh, I've also had the pleasure of meeting Andrea. Yes. Always very, um, always very sweet. Uh, plays, plays, a, plays a great game. Okay. I would love to see her win. Okay. What about Aubrey? Um, I'm kind of, I'm kind of flat on Aubrey. Oh, you're so, so on Aubrey. I am. I am so, so. And I know, I know she, I really, and I did not have high hopes for her. Mm-hmm. She did extremely well. Yeah. Um, so what do I know? Why? Who did you like in that season? You were rooting for Michelle or you wanted Ty to win? I did want Ty to win. Okay. I, it just seems so, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I guess I root for the underdog. I mean, it's amazing that this, uh, you know, little bitty man who's, <laughs> you know, climbing trees and whatnot. It, it's so tough when you don't have a chance in the challenges and you can still hang in. Yeah. So in the debate of Michelle versus Aubrey, you say you still would have voted for Ty. Yes. Okay. Yes, I think so. We haven't talked about Sari. Do you remember Sari? I do remember Sari. Yeah, I do. She's very entertaining. Yeah. She's played twice before. Three times. Wow. Oh, no. I, God, if I don't remember her, <laughs> I should stop watching. Yeah, yeah but not, I do not know, recently. but I do know. Okay. Um, yes, I do. I do remember her. And, and also the first time around, she was pretty, pretty much in the background. Um, yeah, I look forward to seeing her again. Okay. She's entertaining. She's funny. And what about Ozzy? Yes, Ozzy is one, Ozzy is one of the uh, steady eddies of the game. <laughs> so uh, look, we haven't seen him for a while. Uh, so I was very surprised to see him back in the cast. Yeah, he hasn't played since he played back with Cochran and Coach and Sophie in uh, South Pacific. But I know you're a big uh, wow. Cochran fan, and I was wondering if I big... that colors your opinion of Ozzy. No, I like Ozzy. I like yeah. I, you know there, there was nothing. There's nothing. He's like just one of those players who just you know plays hard, gives it his all. 
is amazing at the challenges. Mm-hmm. Pretty clean game. Okay. Am I right? Yeah. You're the know-it-all. Very focused, very focused on the uh, challenges. Okay. Yes, very, very focused. But sometimes, as we know, that's not, that's not enough. There's, there's an, another side to the game. And that's what makes it such so entertaining. What about Troy Zan? Again, not a fan. <laughs> I can't really give you particulars about it. There's something about name. him. I don't know. There's something about him. And yes, he is one of the, in the, in the scheme of things, he's one of the older players. So yeah. bravo that he wants to go back. This is the second time he's playing? Second time. I don't know what would make anybody want to go back again. He's old enough to know better, but yes, yeah, so we will. I, I'm going to try and hold good thoughts for everybody <laughs> because um, this is, I mean, this is what it's all about. Game changing. Yes. So we've got to forget. We've got to forget anything they've done in the past. Okay. Well, what about Sarah Lucina? Um, you know, she's one of those pretty girls that kind of blends in. It's, it's like, you know, in every show there's, there's uh, spots to fill. Do you remember um, her? I don't really, and I, I have to say, I can't really, uh, I can't really put her face mm-hmm. on on the character. Okay, yeah, she played with Tony oh, and me, Sarah. Yeah, and she got into fight with uh, Tony and Cass, and she was the other uh, cop in Cops Are Us. Uh, okay, yeah, you know what? I I do I remember the, I remember the character, mm-hmm. but I can't really say uh, I can't really say that if I I could pick her out of a crowd. Yeah. You know, uh, I didn't ask you about JT that played with uh, Steven. Do you like him? He played a lot. Yeah, you know what? I know he was he was very likable. Uh, I was a fan at the time, but he played a long time ago, didn't he? Yeah, he played in season 18, and then he came back for mm-hmm. Heroes versus Villains. Okay, he won. Uh, he won in Token Sheens, and then he okay. gave Russell an idol in Heroes versus Villains. Oh, okay. And he wrote him the letter. Um, again, another, another, another good guy. Okay. When he played, you know, he wore the, uh, if it was cowboy, uh, a cowboy movie, he'd have the white hat on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I like that. I like that. Uh, I like that character. That archetype. Okay. Uh, yeah. Let's see. Mm-hmm. Uh, what about Haley Ford? And another one of those that I'm a little, <laughs> uh, a little blank on. Do you remember anything about her? I, I don't. Okay. I don't. Uh, do you remember what season that she was on? Um, she fairly recently. Yeah, she was on the uh, no collar, white collar, blue collar season. She was on the okay. no collar tribe. Okay. She, and what was her? She played with Joe, your favorite. Okay. Yeah. Uh, who I remember like it was yesterday. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and she's back from that season. And Sierra Dawn Thomas is back from that season. Yeah, well, see, yeah, Sierra, I know, but I, I'm sorry, I don't really, I don't really recall Haley. So you know Sierra better than Haley. What do you know Sierra yeah. from? Well, from playing, playing with her mom the first season. No, no, no. The other she Sierra. This is there's two Sierras. Oh my god. <laughs> well, then I am. Um, <laughs> then I'm more in the dark than you thought. Sierra Dawn Thomas, mom. She got to the final five. I'm sorry, I don't remember. She her. was in the finale. I. I, I only have I only have one Sierra in my head. <laughs> yeah, well, there's there's two this season. Okay, and I'm gonna have to bring me up to date. <laughs> she was on the blue collar tribe with Mike uh, and Dan Foley and Rodney. Oh God, <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't remember. <laughs> you tried to block out that season. 
I did. Oh, uh, well, <laughs> yes, there were. Yes. There, I, uh, on, for a number of reasons. <laughs> for a number of reasons. I'm sorry. Move along. I'm sorry. Next. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I always, I, you know, and, and, and you've got 20 people here. You know, I'm going to draw a blank on yeah. a couple of them. Okay. And then what about Zeke? I like Zeke. Yeah. Uh, I like Zeke as, as a character and as a person, but, um, I don't know. I think, I think, um, the challenges are going to hold him back too. <laughs> Why? Zeke's not good in the challenges. I, I don't remember him being terrific in the challenges. No, he was pretty good. I think he was solid he in the was? challenges. I did, well, I think that there was a whole thing where, like, uh, he was fine in the challenges, but it was like David and Cece were really uh, holding everybody back. Bringing everybody down? Okay. I think he's a good swimmer also. Okay, once you got to, once he, did he ever win immunity once he got to individual? <sighs> no, I don't think so. I don't think he won an individual immunity. Okay. All right. Well, then I, then I, then I <laughs> That's the barometer him, for but... you. How many individual <laughs> immunities do they have? Um, you know, I only have no, one. Just, I, you know, it, I know you do. It's not all. It's I know you do, but it was it was a hell of an immunity. Yes, it was a hell of an. I I just I can't imagine how hard it is. You know, drawing that fine line in the beginning. You want to be when you're a team. You want to you want to be a competitor. You want you know everybody to uh, say rah rah rah, and then suddenly that you know puts the target on your back. So um, I, I do, but overall I like Zeke. Okay, I, and I'm I'm happy he's back. So do you like this cast? You think they did a good job? I do. Yeah, I do. Do you think there's a, an awful lot of people from one season? Well, I think that there's four people from Korong, which was like filmed right before or finished uh, airing right when they left for that season. So yeah, there's yeah. a real recency bias where you have four people from uh, the season that had just aired. So a lot of people from uh, the recent seasons and not a lot of people from the older seasons. Mm-hmm. Well, that should help my failing memory. Yeah, that's good. Well, well, to, uh, two of the girls that you don't remember, they only played like uh, like three seasons ago. So that's it's you know yeah. you you remember it come right back to me. <laughs> some of these people that played longer, further back. I do. Yeah. I do. And then my memory boosts better then. Yeah. <laughs> do you like the idea of game changers as the uh, name of the season? Um. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll go into it. I I love I love the um I love the concept. But I, I'm of the I'm of the thought process that people don't really change. Yes. So we'll see. Okay. And then, do you have a winner pick for this season? Oh boy. <laughs> um, I'm going to say Malcolm. Malcolm. Okay, that's a good pick. He's due. He's due. He's due. Uh, and then, who's going to be mm-hmm. the first person to get kicked out of the season? <laughs> oh boy. Uh, I will say Jeff Warner. <laughs> Jeff Varner. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. That, look, that's, uh, I think that you're going with, uh, some conventional wisdom on these picks. Nobody, uh, I don't know, but you know, it's all, you, you never know. You never know what it's survivor. You ne- certainly never know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And when you've got returning players coming in, you okay. never know. Uh, you, you never know how personalities are going to gel okay. or not. Well, this is always very fun because I feel like that, I, you know, we talk to so many people that are really just like on top of everything. And of course, I know you watch the show and you listen to mm-hmm. some of the podcasts. So I think that you're a, always a good barometer of, you know, what the average person who's watching this show is thinking uh, with these I'm, things. I'm the everyday woman. Yes. And that's why I turn to you <laughs> for the wisdom. Okay. All right. Anything else going on? Anything else you want to plug, mom? Uh, no, I'm, I'm pretty good. I, um, 
What, now, when am I? When does the show start? Uh, March. I don't 8th. want to miss it. Yeah, still, you still have a March. March you still have a lot of time. Have you been uh, watching uh, Hunted? I, you know, I haven't, and I, and I, um, I see that you're, you're doing a podcast about it, <laughs> so I guess I should tune in. Okay. I love your recaps. Thank you. I really love your recaps, and I wish you did them on more shows that I watch because I often need some <laughs> clarification. <laughs> yeah. What's your favorite <laughs> thing on that you're watching right now? Yeah. Um, I. I love uh, This Is Us. This Is Us. Yeah. And Code Black, I say, are my two favorites. Yeah, well, Code Black, but what's I'm, that I'm about? Little... Is that where they bring Code people Black. back to life that's, that are in the hospital? No, 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 no. No, no. Code Black is uh, about an ER yeah. in, uh, I think it's in L.A. And uh, the term Code Black uh, refers to how many dire emergencies they have um, at one given time. Okay. And they have like, you know, a hundred times more than any other hospital in the country. So it's, and it's a big ensemble cast. All right. What's that on CBS uh, also? CBS. Yeah. Okay. Rob Lowe is on it right now. <laughs> okay. All right. So we'll have to check it out. We'll see if, if we get a code black recap, I'll get you to be the host of the podcast. <laughs> <gasps> Thank you. All right. But it's always, a, it's always a thrill for me. Yeah. Uh, I hope to see you. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to see you in L.A. or New York first. Yes, but, uh, New York, New York. You'll, yes, you'll be at the live know-it-alls coming up on March 22nd. I wouldn't miss it for the world. You know how much I enjoy seeing you in your element. Yes. I try to save seats and for Steven. you uh, at the show. But then what happened last time? The, the survivors took up too many seats. <clears throat> Some of the survivors can <laughs> um, can get a little a, a little pushy yes. we, we always made room we we made room yes we okay. uh we we fit it in we try and be you know what we're, we're thrilled to be there and uh we're just part of the family all right well mom thank you so much are you going to get on twitter at any point this season <laughs> I, you know what that should be that should be an aspiration of mine okay <laughs> we'll do it yeah well look, do it. you got on facebook you're on instagram even now i am mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah. we'll see absolutely i like it i can do it okay all right mom uh thank you so much and uh i'll talk to you again soon all right love you bye-bye all right well, there you have it roseanne sesternino giving you her hot takes on the game changers cast i don't know why that cracks me up but it's always fun for me to go through uh all these returning players and see just how many of them my mom is high on or not so high on so thank you guys for indulging me on that as well. So that's going to do it for this episode of the podcast. I've got another great show coming up. My season 34 draft that we did right when we found out who was going to be on this season. Full disclosure, I think we're probably a little more reactionary once we got to see the names that were announced officially on that. So uh, looking forward to you guys hearing that show. And then we're going to get into our Game Changer Expert series of podcasts. First one is going to be coming up this Friday. And then come Monday, I'm going to have my second edition where we're going to do a deep dive into the game of Sari Fields and Jeff Varner. So be on the lookout for that. Subscribe to the podcast. Rob has a website.com slash iTunes. Looking forward to hearing what you guys think in the comments. And again, let Josh and I know which of the TEOS chapters you want us to re-listen to and do a feedback show with you before the new season kicks off. Have a good one, everybody. Take care. Bye.